Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm James Bond. Hello, good evening, welcome to Nothing Much. This is the Man on the Post Extra uh, podcast, Thursday podcast, or as Tom from the Sunday show has suggested, the Man on the Post Extra Time podcast. He thinks we might have missed the trick with that one there. Um, with me this week, I've got, uh, as ever, I've got Mark. Hello. And I've got Emma. Hi. Uh, and we're going to be talking Man City, Chelsea this week. We're going to be talking Michael Laudrup. We're going to be talking um, Sheffield United, Fulham as well, and whether... Uh, Moonlisting could be next, plus a bit of Andy Carroll, and then this weekend's Premier League predictions. So, first of all, we'll start off with Man City Chelsea. Who saw this one? I saw bits of it. You saw bits. Sort of dipped in and out. Mark, what, did you see any of this, Mark? Yes, I saw the game. Yeah. Okay. So, was this a um, a tactical masterclass by Mourinho, or if Man City were still playing now, would they uh, still be trying to score? <laughs> um, for me, uh, I think. Yes, there's got to be some degree of tactics involved. However, um, I mean, I saw the a few questions, and I, I think I answered to somebody on Twitter. Um, basically, I, I don't, I don't think Chelsea were tactically amazing or City tactically naive. Particularly, I just thought Manchester City played terribly, and Chelsea played extremely well. You know, I think you can put it a lot down to just those two simple factors. One thing I couldn't quite get was uh, Man City trying to cross the ball in the area. In the area, in the Chelsea team, you've got John Terry, Gary Cahill, you've got um, Matic plus David Luiz, who, plus Ivanovic as well, all very, very tall players who would be in and around that box when crosses would come in. I couldn't quite figure out why they were trying to cross it in. Obviously, you've got Dzeko there, but um, were they playing into Chelsea's hands a bit? Possibly, but uh, I mean... City have, City have got Navas, who has got pace. And when you've got big, I mean, they're hardly lumbering, but they've, when they've got big, um, robust defenders, the idea is to get down the sides of them with a bit of pace. Uh, Dzeko's not renowned for being quick. I don't think Negredo's especially quick. So I think City missed Aguero a lot, and I think it would have been a different story to an extent had he played. But Negredo and Dzeko are both physically physical centre-forwards, hold-up men, so I think they were kind of probably pain to their strengths. And, and it, it took them a long time to get Navas into the game, probably till the last 15 minutes, until they started putting a bit of pressure on Chelsea and, and, and trying to get round the back of them. Um, so, yeah, I think they missed Aguero in that respect. Di Michele, central midfield, that seemed a little odd as well, didn't it? He's, a, he's an average centre-half. He's certainly not a central midfield player, but maybe it was just down to what they had left. I don't know if Javi Garcia was fit. I can't remember. Rodwell's never fit, so he obviously wasn't going to play there. Um, and it affected all of them. I mean, the, I've never been a big fan of Nastasic, but him and company were, were constantly uh, exposed to the likes of William and um, Hazard uh, running through the midfield. Uh, Yaya Torre was, ha- had 
one of his worst nights I've ever seen. Um, so I think just all round, you couldn't you couldn't really pick a city player except for Joe Hart probably, who had a good game. No, um, Hazard seemed to have the freedom of the pitch, didn't he? At times, there was a one run in the first half he made. He managed to run about 50, 60 yards straight through the midfield, and nobody made a challenge on until um, it got to the back four. There, there were so many times like that counter attacks <clears throat> where it was three on two, four on one, and really Chelsea should have won by four or five goals, really. Yeah, they hit the woodwork a few times, didn't they? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. just. But um, so this was a Mourinho masterclass, was it? One thing I do like about Mourinho, he, whenever his team are defending a corner, he leaves a minimum of two players up, which forces the other team as well to be um, quite defensive on a corner they're supposed to be attacking. I do think that's quite a good touch. But then what I noticed from for having that um, and being the man on the post podcast is that he does leave his post very open. Yeah. He should listen more, shouldn't he? <laughs> but you can you can play two men on either post and still play two men forward. You know, it's not it's not an impossible thing to do. Um, but it's just everybody has got so much uh, safety first in mind now that they pull everybody back. Mm. But it is quite. I mean, it forces the attacking team to think twice about their defence, doesn't it? It's quite a it's quite a simple tactic, but. Um, I don't remember seeing it happen too much before Mourinho came because he used to do it the first time round when he was here. But I've not seen it too much sort of before or since. So what did you think, Emma? You saw highlights of it. Did you think um, Chelsea were worthy winners? Yeah, no, I definitely did. I think that um, City individually and as a team just didn't just looked a bit switched off. But saying that, Deck did have some pretty spectacular saves to make. So. Whether it was just, I, I don't know. I don't know what Sissy can blame it on. Whether they, you know, like, it, but they did all seem to be having a rather off day. And and like um, Mark said earlier, I think they missed Aguero more than we sort of expected. Do you think they it would have been? Sorry. No, sorry. I was going to say, do you think it would have been a different kind of match if Aguero was playing? I think there would have been more. I'm inclined to say that I think there would have been more of a fear. But I don't know if with Chelsea that is the case. Maybe if they'd been playing someone else. And I think that's going to be a big part of their fixtures over the next few weeks. But I think that he would have just livened it up a bit more. Are Chelsea the real deal? Mourinho is still saying that he thinks this is a team for, for next year. Uh, no, I agree. I don't think I don't think they're strong enough this year to... Um, to win the league but I mean with I don't know based on Monday's performance maybe they could but if you're playing such a tactic game that it, whether it would just all become too sort of entwined what do you think Mark is it is Chelsea capable of winning the league this year uh yeah they are they're just they're coming to hand at just the right time uh, they didn't I don't think they were particularly great in the first half of the season but since I don't know, some sort of Christmas, New Year, the last five or six games, they're just starting to improve. Um, Willian's influence on the team is now huge, which you know you wouldn't have seen that at the start of the season. Hazard is always developing. Um, the Terry Cahill partnership is is improving as well. Um, they've not lost anything by leaving Ashley Cole out the side. The only thing I would say that may let them down is 
probably what everybody would say about them, is they don't have a striker to rely on at the moment. Eto's improved since he since he first came, but you know they still don't score enough goals from that centre forward position, or they, or they don't get enough um, input from their centre forward. That might be the only thing that lets them down for the league. I still see them winning something this season, though. Be a cup or a league or something. So yeah, yeah. So they they got Torres, Bar, uh, Eto. William can play up front as well, can't he? Can he? Um, I thought he did. I think he's well. He's on Championship Manager anyway. So whether that's oh, a, well, a barometer of must be true then. Yeah, mind you, Kim Kalstrom's a legend on Championship Manager. So we'll soon see how good he is. Um, so this was really a case of uh, Mourinho, I think, in Pellegrini was it, or did Pellegrini particularly do anything wrong? I think I think it was mostly down to the players. Both sets of players. One 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 set played really well. The other set just let themselves down on the night. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree, to be honest with you. You, you the same, Emery? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, after Monday, we had um, Michael Loudrop sacked as Swansea manager. Did anybody see this one coming? No. No, not at all. We had the dreaded vote of confidence, didn't he, on Sunday night, Monday morning. So that's normally an indication that something's I just I think it's crazy. I think he's done so well with... Swansea that yeah they have hit a hit a rough patch and but you know he's a great manager but it's just I I said that to a friend today and he said well it's the state of the Premier League isn't it mm. it's what the Premier League does but I mean whoever gets him next is gonna have a brilliant manager there was even talks of him being the Ars- the next Arsenal manager was there mm, that the sort of when um at the start of the season when they were sort of thinking. I think it was after um, Fergie had retired and they said, you know, what happens when Arsene retires? I was reading a article and there was things like Loudrop coming that, doing that next. So I just don't really, I think I think Swansea have acted far too quickly. Well, they are 12th at the moment, which sounds fairly handy for a team maybe where they've come from in recent years. But if you look that uh, against the fact that they are only they're on 24 points, but they're only two points clear of the relegation zone. So, yes, they're f- fairly high up the table, but they're still in a relegation battle, aren't they? And w- w- the one thing that does strike me is a little bit of odd timing at the end of a transfer window. It, yeah, because whoever comes in is not going to have a fair chance at all to prove themselves as a manager because they're going to be playing with louder players. Yeah. What do you think, Mark? Is this, uh, is this something you saw coming? Uh, no, to be honest. Uh, okay, Swansea haven't played as well this season as last season, and they're having a bit of a, a bad patch at the minute. And yeah, they're in a relegation zone, but so are ten other teams. And there are three worse teams than Swansea in the league. Um, you know, he's he's a name. He can attract players. He's maintained uh, to a certain extent the the style of play they've played under Rogers, Martinez, and so on and so on. Um, and of course, they won the the League Cup last year, they've been in Europe. It's just weird, as you say, um, after a transfer window, what, what's the point of getting rid of it now? I don't know if, the, if, if there's been some behind-the-scenes falling out, but it seems strange to sack him now um, with and bring in a guy who, OK, he's been at Swansea for many years as a player and all, all of that kind of thing, but absolutely zero managerial experience. Um it's just, yeah, it doesn't really make 
much sense to me. And it just it's another one of these sackings that smacks of uh, a chairman or a board of directors of a team like Swansea, like Fulham, like Middlesbrough in days gone by, mid mid table Premier League teams of a, of an of an average size, who it seems that they start to get ideas above their station, you know, based on their history and the size and everything else. What exactly does Swansea expect? Uh, Gary Monk got the job full time then, or is he for the foreseeable future? Years. Isn't it? Oh, okay. Do you think they'll bring in a sort of director of football role over him to guide him, or? Well, there's been there's been talk. Well, on Talksport, if that really is any got any uh, any value to it, that um, Hoddle's name's being banded about to take over. But yeah, I, think, I heard that too. Yeah, but I think they're just going to keep the same backroom staff, Alan Curtis as the you know the assistant manager as they've already got. Although I think maybe they've they've ditched somebody. Oh no, that's Newcastle. Um, I was just checking on the website there. So it's 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 all just a bit bit of a strange situation. And Loudrup apparently is going to take legal advice about his sacking. So it obviously hasn't come come as a you know as something he was expecting either. Usually you think a manager's got a fair idea when he's going to get the bullet, but obviously Loudrup feels that this is out of the blue as well. You're really a point about Swansea and what their expectations should be. They're in Europe, they're in the last, I don't know, 148 or whatever it is in the Europa League. Um, They are current holders of one of the um, major trophies in this country. They've been in the Premier League two, three years. Is relegation enough? Uh, Fighting relegation enough? Or do you think the hierarchy at Swansea have got every right to expect someone of Loudrup's calibre to have pushed the team on this season? They backed him financially in the summer. You could argue that maybe only Boney has worked out, but are they expecting too much or have they got their sort of expectations at the right level? I think it's not so much their expectations, it's the way the Premier League has planned out this season. The fact that there isn't really a mid-table. There's, you know, you've got the, the big jump between the relegation fighters and sort of Southampton and things. Newcastle and Southampton are mid-table looking at this. But I don't think... I don't think Swansea have the players that compare to Newcastle and Southampton, so I don't think they're that good. Do you not? No, I don't think so. You've got to you've got to also take into account that you know one result can jump you five or six places in the league. That's how tight it is. Um, and again, what what they're never going to break into the top seven, really. You know, if you count, if you throw in the likes of. Uh, maybe add Newcastle onto that that top five or six teams because okay they sell a lot of players but they've got a lot of spending power um, and and obviously a, a big history and and all of that kind of thing that goes around them. Swansea in my lifetime spent a couple of years, thirty odd years ago in the in the first division. They've had two or three years in the Premier League now, and the rest of the time you know they were halfway down the football coupon. That's so to be where they are, it just seems a bit bit of a rash decision to all of a sudden just rock you know on their own off their own back rock their own boat even further when actually what they need is to stay you know as steady as they can be because one or two one or two good performances which they will have at home they've got a striker who can score goals meet you will come back eventually they'll be fine you know they'll pull up to you know somewhere up the mid table there so it just seems a bit really i don't know 
well, a panic, a panic move, or they've just suddenly got ideas of grandeur that that really they shouldn't have. But if you're you're Hugh Jenkins, the chairman or owner, whatever he is of um, the Swansea, you look at the fact you've got a high-profile European manager. He won a trophy for you last season. You backed him financially in the summer, um, and then you look at Southampton down the road who haven't won a trophy, but they've come up at a similar time as Swansea promoted. They've come from League One, so they've they've worked their way up from a similar level to Swansea. Um, they changed their manager, yet they're sat three places above Swansea. You could look down at Southampton and think, well, if I get rid of Loudrop, I can get somebody else in, give this team a shot in the arm, get them uh, playing a manner of football and a style of football that is more likely to bring results. Everybody thought that Southampton were bonkers to have got rid of Adkins when they did, but um, Pochettino has done arguably better than, than Adkins. The, what we don't know is what Swansea's next step is. What Southampton did was they had Pochettino virtually coming through the door as Adkins was going out. So they knew what they were doing. They had a plan and, it, and it, they put it into operation very quickly. Swansea's is to appoint a man who, you know, has got absolutely zero experience of of managing, managing, let alone uh, not even playing that much at the top level. Because Monk hasn't been a regular for Swansea in the Premier League for a couple of years, has he? No. no. So very risky. Okay. Speaking of managers in trouble, we had the FA Cup as well this week. We had Sheffield United playing Fulham. Uh, this was actually at Craven Cottage and. In the last minute of extra time, Sheffield United scored a winner. Uh, Fulham are now out. Moulinstein thinks that uh, Fulham have reached rock bottom. It's, it's fairly easy to argue and say, well, you haven't reached rock bottom because rock bottom could be August when you're in the championship. Um, are they beyond hope now? They sit bottom. They are 19 points. They're four points behind Crystal Palace, who are fourth bottom. Uh, is it time to say goodbye to Fulham? I think it's too early to completely write them off but saying that I watched the game against Sheffield United and I've seen like highlights of a couple of their performances and they have been rubbish so if they don't if they don't change if nothing changes they don't bring in someone on loan or anything along those lines then then yeah they conceded 53 goals this season so far <laughs> which is some going <laughs> some effort um, it's hard to see because not, you get two things when you change your manager don't you, you um, they normally bumble along like they did but what you do expect is if a new manager a new fresh ideas especially if the old one has lost the dressing room you get more than you get a response from the players you have don't you they've cleared out some of the players they did do um, that could be seen to be a bit disruptive um, a Delta Raptor's gone um, they brought in some Munich's brought in some of his own players you would have thought that maybe this would be the time for them to advance and go forwards especially Lewis Holtby as well He's, um, I thought he was quite a good signing yeah he's a, he, he is a good player but uh, the other night they were they were wretched um, from what I saw I, it was such a poor game I ended up flicking to I don't know Holby City or something terrible like that I can't remember what it was but I turned over just in time for extra time and, and so on Um but just the the impression that Mullenstein gives me, and certainly when you watch Fulham on the pitch, is he may be a fantastic coach 
which you know people have been bigging him up for a long time when he was at Manchester United uh, as being an excellent coach. But he doesn't look like he inspires the players one little bit to to try and pull themselves out of what they're in. Uh, and I said to a friend a few days ago that I would be surprised if he actually makes it to the end of the season there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, it shows, I suppose it shows the difference, doesn't it, between being a coach and being a, a manager. Um, they were talking about, I think it was bringing in Van Gaal or something, but wasn't it? There was a big name like that that was mentioned. But then, why, you know, if you perennially keep sacking your managers, then um, what sort of stability does that bring? I think, yeah, yeah. It's an, it's another one of these um, again, a little bit like Swansea, that uh, you know Fulham have had a succession of half decent managers who have done all right for them, and it it's often been a a little bit of a revolving door. Okay, a lot of managers want to move on and, and improve themselves from Fulham, but um, and obviously they've got a new owner who's got different ideas to the previous one, um, but. Yeah, I think they're in very, very big trouble now. I mean, in the long run, this could be a good thing. They, they're at the cup now. Uh, some of their rivals down the bottom are obviously still in it. They've got the league to concentrate on. So you could say that in a half-hour sort of roundabout sort of way, this, is, this isn't this is a bad thing. It's probably a very good thing for Sheffield United, given the position they're in. This could be the sort of thing that inspires them to, to move on forwards. They had big ambitions, didn't they? Yeah. At the start of the season, new owners and so on. Yeah, well, it didn't work out with David Weir, did it? Which no, nope. you could kind of see. This is, I mean, for David Weir, could you see Gary Monk? Totally. You could quite easily see the two, couldn't you? The next point I was going to move on to was Andy Carroll. Now, this is a rather odd tale. Andy Carroll was sent off on Saturday, some people think rather harshly, uh, for an elbow on Chico Flores. It seems that he didn't make an enormous amount of contact as Flores climbed all over the back of him. Um, he, was sent, he was sent off given a straight red. He failed in his appeal. Um, to the FA. The FA dismissed it straight out of hand. Uh, David Gold has said this is nowhere to go to seek, other than to seek some kind of legal address. Uh, current rules do allow clubs to take disputes to arbitration if necessary, the court of arbitration to sport. Sam Allardyce thinks that um, they've got grounds for doing this. Andy Carroll has, has tweeted his uh, disgust at, at what has happened. Do you think, first of all, they've got any chance if they do go to any kind of court of arbitration of having that turned over? Secondly, what kind of implication would that have? Um, Robbie Savage, in the past, he considered going to um, he considered going to the European Court of Justice, didn't he, when he got sent off playing for Wales? But he, um, I don't think he went in the end. But if he if if they do go to the court of arbitration of a sport and they do succeed, what what impact do you think that would have on future uh, decisions? It it muddies the waters, doesn't it? Yeah. And it completely um, undermines the FA and the referees even more than potentially they are undermined already. I don't think it would get very far. I think they would. It would, you know, just. I don't even. I think it's just a, a threat. I don't think that. It's not that West Ham are sitting bottom of the table or it's not that they've got one match left to go of the season. So I don't think it will be taken seriously at all. I'm sure Sheffield United fans will be um, rallying around their West Ham brethren, brethren, given what's happened in the past in uh, the position where West Ham were in at the time. You saw this, didn't you, Mark? 
the the red card. Oh, I mean, it's a farce. The, the just the, um, going back to the legal side of things, you know, where if they decide to go to the court of arbitration for sport, and you know, if that if that body actually entertain West Ham's uh, case, then where do we go from there? It'd just be complete chaos. West Ham are just stamping their feet because they've got a, a valuable asset like Andy Carroll, who's been out for from virtually the whole season so far, goes and gets himself sent off, and they need as many good players as they, they possibly can. Um, and now they're going to be missing him for another three games or whatever it is. They're just stamping their feet and, and trying to, you know, get get maybe trying to influence the decisions in the future, trying to claim that they've been hard done to. Look, it, it's blatantly obvious in when you look at the the footage that Chico Flores gets a brush a brush to the ponytail or the top of the hair, if you like, and then starts rolling around the floor uh, like he's you know been pummeled by um, Mike Tyson or whatever. But you can also see in the footage that Carroll swings his arm in an attempt to to hit uh, Chico Flores somewhere. Now, by the letter of the law, that's a sending off. And it's always been a sending off if the referee sees it, if you're trying to strike an opponent with your arm or your elbow. So what West Ham are uh, bleating on about, I've got absolutely no idea. Yes, he hardly hit him. Chico Flores was being a, 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 a fanny. But <laughs> the intention for, from Andy Carroll was to hit him somewhere. It looked like he was going for his face. It just so happened that Flores... what his face wasn't at the level of Andy Carroll's arm at the time. So it, to, to me, it, it's an entire can of worms that West Ham wouldn't be doing themselves any favours and the, the arbitration uh, body just, to my mind, they wouldn't even let West Ham through the door, I don't think. Is being a fanny a, a direct quote from Howard Webb's match report? <laughs> he may have worded it slightly different, um, but up here, where Andy Carroll's from, where I live, uh, being a fanny is a a, a regular commoner garden saying. <laughs> um, he did swing his arm around, but to be fair to Andy Carroll, Chico Flores was all over the back of him. Maybe in sort of swinging his arm around in sort of a, a get off me kind of way, I think, rather than anything aggressive. Yeah, but if you if you kick me in the shin in a tackle, I just can't go up to you and punch you in the stomach or. Oh, that's a different or... thing. That's a. Um... That's retaliation. I mean, Andy, if you, to look at what Chico Flores was doing, he was climbing over the back of Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll might have been just sort of shrugging in a just sort of, not in an aggressive way, but in a just sort of get off my back so I can carry on playing kind of way. Uh, yes, you potentially, yeah, you could use that, but I, I wouldn't believe that for a second. Okay. I'm afraid. <laughs> You're a hard man. <laughs> The problem is, I suppose, with football is it's so much so full of schadenfreude that it's very hard to feel sorry for West Ham, isn't it? Even though we would probably be as aggrieved ourselves if um, if it was our teams. Weekend predictions, because we've got weekend games, we've got games on Tuesday and we've got games on Wednesday, haven't we? Because we've got quite a lot to cover. Uh, the early game is Liverpool-Arsenal. Uh, Emma, what do, you, what do you feel on this one? I am going to go for a draw. That's very optimistic of you. <laughs> Mark, what do you think? Uh, Liverpool. Really? Uh, it's a must-win again. It's a must-win game from them, and I think they'll go for it. Okay. 
I'm going to go Arsenal. Ever the pessimist. I got it right last week. You you called me a pessimist for going for the draw at West Brom, and I was proved right. So I'm going to go for Arsenal. Um, I was the results were coming in last week. Why? Because I got everyone wrong. Well, seven out of ten. Oh, and the predictions? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what did you get right? You got Everton, Aston Villa, you called right. Fulham, Southampton, you called right. And Hull, Tottenham. You got three, Mark. You only got two last week. Yeah, terrible, eh? I know. In fact, looking at this, I've... Yeah, no, you got two, didn't you? Yeah, Arsenal and Southampton, I think, were the two I called, right? Yeah, you got... Yeah, yes, that was the one. I think it's very hard to call the Arsenal one wrong. Mm. Um, so, OK, next one we're going to go for is Aston Villa, West Ham. Mark, what do you think? Um, Villa. Emma, is West Ham's sense of injustice going to spur them on to a great victory? No, I can't see it. I think that'll be a home win. Yeah, OK, I'm going to go for Villa as well. Uh, Chelsea, Newcastle. Anyone going to back Newcastle on this one, or is it a foregone conclusion? Um, Newcastle are a funny team sometimes. They pull results. You, when you think they're going to get hammered 5-0, they'll go and beat Chelsea away or, or whatever. But I just think the mood around Newcastle is a bit odd. Obviously, they got rid of their best player, and Chelsea have just come into hand. So I can exit. Yeah, well, I might improve Newcastle yeah. now that he's gone. I'll make him um, happy. I, yeah, I fancy Chelsea for a, to give Newcastle a good hiding, actually. Yeah, come on, Emma, can you say anything for Newcastle? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they'll give it a go, but I think Chelsea are starting to... Um, they're looking good, aren't they? Yeah, they're looking good, and I can't see that changing against yeah. a side like Newcastle. So I'll go for a home win as well. Yeah, me too, I'm afraid. Um, Crystal Palace, West Brom. I think I'm going to go for a home win on this one. Um, I'm going to say West Brom. I think that'll be Pepe Mal's first win, won't it? Yeah. Emma? I'm going to, yeah, home win as well. We'll go for Crystal Palace as well. Norwich Man City. Now, this was a, a tight 7-1 affair, wasn't it, when they met at the Etihad? Can anybody see anything different? Um, I might go for a bit of a shock draw on this one. Oh, right, OK. For no other reason than just to be different. As Les Dennis said, if it's up there, I'll give you the money myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any any confidence in Norwich so I'm going to go for City yeah me too I'm afraid okay Southampton Stoke anybody see Stoke winning this one I'm going to go for a draw oh yeah you stick your neck out I've been back in Southampton the last few weeks it doesn't feel right (laughs) you just feel a bit dirty (laughs) I feel bad getting points from their success yeah you should do especially with um, Portsmouth losing as well Well, Portsmouth lose every week, don't they? They do. They lose every week, but they always seem to be about fifth bottom. I don't think I've ever seen Portsmouth win a match this season on the video printer. <laughs> no, I don't think I have either. <laughs> Greg left, I think, for the on the Sunday show. I think he said he left early for the first time ever. It was just too I much for him. I, I had to. I was asked if I wanted to cover someone's shift at work, and I thought it would be more entertaining than going to Fratton Park. And was it? Well, by all accounts, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd rather go to work than watch Portsmouth? Yeah, well, only one week. Yeah? It's Torquay. I've already seen them play against Torquay this season. Oh, right, OK, so. Well, you've got, yeah. your, you've got your day out in Exeter this weekend, haven't you? Well, might be just like a day to 
the Dorset border and then back again. Yes, I don't think you're going to get rid of You're going to get blown back, I think. <laughs> um, Mark, Southampton Stoke, can you see anything? Um, do, do, do. I'll go for a draw. Yeah, I'm going to go for a draw as well. It's got a windy afternoon with a ball flurrying around. Well, this is um, Begovic scoring, wasn't it, in the mm-hmm. first game? It's going to be windy on Saturday as well. You can't see him repeating it. I don't know. Boric is a bit of a clown, isn't he? So you never know. Yeah. He's <laughs> good for a fun. Uh, Sunderland Hall. Emma, what do you think? Uh, home win. Home win. Mark? I agree with Emma. Yeah, me, Home win. Me too. Uh, a small matter of the Welsh derby in the English Premier League. Uh, the late kick-off. That's Swansea versus Cardiff. What does anybody think on this one? An attritional draw. An attritional draw. Yeah, I could see it being a draw as well. You don't think full of passion, full of goals, full of Swansea players wanting to do it for Lounger at one last time? No. No. <laughs> that was tumbleweed there, wasn't it? Right, I'm gonna go for, well, I'll go for Swansea anyway. I think they could do it. Uh, Sunday, Tottenham-Everton, Mark. Uh, should be a good, uh, good game, that. Um, uh, we've still got a few injuries. Uh, Tottenham... Tottenham are going to be going for it at home, play two and up front, all of that kind of thing. But I can see that being a, a 2-2. Probably be a good game, though. Yeah, you have to draw yeah. as well. Yeah. Emma? I am going to go for a Spurs win. Ooh, are you? Mm. Based on what? Um, it's Tim Sherwood's birthday today, so, I mean, you know, you could... Is it, <laughs> is it based on that at all? No, um, I just with listening to Mark every week, I think that um, Everton have just no. I don't think they've lost it completely, but I think they're in a bit of a dry patch at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you'd if you'd seen them in the first hour against Villa, you'd be absolutely spot on. Villa were fantastic, mind you, uh, defensively, but Everton just were lacking a few ideas, but they came on strong towards the end. So. Yeah, maybe, maybe I think it's just down to to injuries that Everton are kind of a little bit patched up at the minute, you know. Well, I'll go for a draw as well. Your pessimism is rubbing off. Speaking of birthdays, yesterday was the birthday of uh, George Hadji, Cristiano Ronaldo, Carlos Tevez, Neymar, and Adnan Yanisai. So yesterday, if you want your child to be a footballer in the, in the years to come, then yesterday's date is the day for them to be born. Be a hell of a party. Okay, I'm going to put that in my diary and let the wife know that we're having a, having a night in yeah. nine months before that date. Replay the 95 Cup final. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, Man U Fulham on Sunday as well. Anybody going to think Fulham could do this? <laughs> no laughing at the back? No. No? No. 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 Even though United get tonked, we're all still backing them every week. Yeah. Uh, right, so Tuesday and Wednesday, there's Premier League games as well, so we're going to double up this week and go for that as well. So Tuesday first up is Cardiff, Aston Villa. Uh, Mark, what's your thoughts on that? Draw. Draw. Emma? I'm going to go for Cardiff. So crazy it might just work. <laughs> uh, I'll go for Cardiff as well. Why not? Hull, Southampton as well. Anybody, um, anybody going to back Hull? Um, they're good at home aren't they when yeah. they play the top team so um, I still think it'll be a draw but Hull, Hull don't they don't roll over for anybody uh, at their own place 
No, they don't. They do. I think you might be right. Emma? Yeah, I'll go for a draw. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, Arsenal, Manchester United. So this is at the Emirates. Does anybody fancy Arsenal? I say... It's more Tuesday fixtures. Yeah, come on, Chris. You've missed out two Tuesdays. Have I? <laughs> not according yeah. to the BBC website that I printed off at work. Well, not, not that I do print things off at work, but... You must have it. It's all right. No, nobody's listening, so you're not going to get in any trouble. <laughs> this is just the three of us, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, you missed out West Ham, Norwich, and West Brom, Chelsea. Oh, did I? Well, they didn't print. They, do you know what? They didn't put that on. Those lefty swines at the BBC. So, oh, sorry, West Brom. West Ham, Norwich. West Ham, Norwich. Gone. Anyone going to? Anyone thinking Norwich? Or are we all going to go for West Ham on this one? Yeah, West Ham for me. Emma? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, what was the other one you said, Mark Chelsea? Uh, West Brom, Chelsea. West Brom, Chelsea. Who's going to go for a thumping West Brom victory? No. No. Chelsea, nope. Chelsea for me. Yeah. Okay, can I get to Wednesday now? Yeah. If the BBC lets you. Yeah. <laughs> They got the filter on. That's what they did. They knew, they knew I should have been doing other things. Uh, okay, Arsenal, Manchester United. Anybody see United getting anything from this at all? No. No. No, Arsenal for me. Yeah. They had Rooney, Mata, Van Persie playing on Saturday, didn't they? That was at Stoke. So you think... You can imagine Van Persie being up for this and... United getting a bit of a hiding last week. They might be wanting to show themselves against the big boys again. So, I think I'm going to go Man United. But you two are going Arsenal? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I've written something down and I can't read it. Whoever's playing Palace, Everton playing Palace. That's what you're saying. You're going to this, aren't you, Mark? Yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm going to Stranraer versus Inverness on Saturday, and then Everton Palace on Wednesday. Stranraer Inverness. Yeah, quite a contrast, eh? What's that? Is that a cup game, is it? It's a cup game, yeah, just for one of my uh, regular blog things this year. So, yeah, I'm going to, yeah, Palace-Everton, uh, Everton-Palace. Um, I think we might, I don't think it'll be a great game, this, so I think we might just sneak it 1-0, 2-0 maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Emma? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, I'm going to go for Everton as well. Go on, what about Stranmar in Vanessa? <laughs> uh, well, I, I started off, you know, you, you, people do the road to Wembley. Yeah. Well, I did the road to. I'm doing the road to Hamden, so I picked a like a really obscure non-league team called Saint Cuthbert Wanderers in the first round, and then followed them till they got beat, and then followed them, you know, until they lost, until they lost. So the team I'm with at the minute is Stranraer, and they're playing in the fifth round against Inverness. So you're cheering for so Stranraer, now, aren't you? I am, yeah, and I'm going to the game, so it should be a, a wet and windy afternoon on the the Dumfries and Galloway Peninsula for me. And there's worse places, isn't there, in the world? Um, I'll tell you next week. <laughs> Go on then, so you reckon Stranraer are going to win that one, do you? Yeah, why not? We'll go for the upset. Go on then. Emma, what do you think? <laughs> um, who was the other team? Inverness? Inverness. They're in the Premier yeah. League, aren't they, Inverness? Yeah, they're fourth in the Premier League. Oh, well, it's got Inverness, hasn't it? <laughs> really? I'm, I'm going to go Stranraer as well. Fourth in the Premier League, I think... In Scotland, without being disingenuous to Scotland, I think I could be fourth in the Premier League. <laughs> I'll tell them that if uh, if they get through and I get to speak to any of the players. Yeah, I'll close my Twitter account down for the weekend. Yeah. 
Um, right, back to the Premier League on Wednesday. Man City, Sunderland. Sunderland do normally quite well, don't they? Yeah, they do. And this is the rehearsal for the League Cup final, isn't it? It is. And I said, I think when we talked about that, I said Sunderland will give them a good game in that final. Yeah. And I think they might, I think we'll give City a good game, but I think City City will win. Yeah, I'm going to go City as well. Mm-hmm. So we're all going City. Newcastle, Tottenham. For me, I think this has got a home win on it. I'm going to go for a draw. Okay. And, and I'm going to say it's going to be goals galore, because this game often is, I think. Yeah. And I'll say Tottenham will win something like 4-3. Tottenham, the David Ginla derby. Yeah. Uh, Stoke Swansea. Can Chico Flores do it on a rainy night in Stoke? Well, if he thinks Andy Carroll's bad, wait till he sees that bunch. Ryan Shawcross. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go home win on this one. Yeah. Yeah, they think they'll bully Swansea. So I agree. Okay. And then lastly, Fulham Liverpool. I'm going to go draw. <laughs> oh dear uh, no Liverpool are going to thump them aren't they yeah no. you would have so they won't <laughs> you both said that West, that uh, Liverpool would win comfortably at West Brom well that we weren't factoring in the the Colo the Colo Torre effect no we weren't were we no I don't think anybody did the poor guy did you see him afterwards I think that was the best thing about the whole thing was just his sort of what have I done? Well, yeah. I mean, come on. It's a it's a basic of um, that you learn at school, or that you wouldn't even do on a on a Sunday league pub team is pass the ball across your eighteen yard box. I mean, come on. Yeah. Torben Picnic wouldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> go on then, guys. What do you think? You both think Liverpool are going to win this one, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If only. Right. Well, that brings us to the end of the predictions. Has anybody got any? Um, Anything they want to plug, promote, admin, anything? This is for the Football Pink, is it? Or Stranra Inverness, is it, Mark? It is, yeah. That's on the website. And I'm just putting the final touches to the uh, to the magazine, the the print version and the Kindle version. So hopefully I'll have that available next week to buy. Okay. And you'll be you'll be announcing that on your Twitter feed, won't you? Uh, I'll be plugging the... S-H-I-T out of it, probably, yeah. <laughs> Good man. Okay, uh, so we'll keep an eye out for that one. So that's at the Football Pink, isn't it? It is, yeah. Okay. Just a, there'll, there'll be a comp- just a little sneak preview. There'll be a free competition to try and win a, a retro football shirt of your choice in the, in the magazine. You say competition, but of course your fellow poddies will obviously get some kind of dispensation. Um, it depends how nice you're going to be over the coming weeks. <laughs> Oh, well, I backed Everton, so I think Emma did as well, so I think that we're okay for that. Okay, so you're going on the list then, that's fine. Yeah, excellent. Uh, and if you want to follow you, Emma, what's your what's your Twitter? At Mwebs. At Mwebs, okay. Um, anything you want to promote? Anything you've got coming up? You've got your trip to Exeter Pompey at the weekend. Anything else coming up? Um, I've got a busy week. I've got busy weeks coming up, actually. You're off for the darts, have, aren't you? I've got darts. You're going to keep your clothes on. I... <laughs> with my clothes on and then I'm going to Madrid on Sunday um, and I'm absolutely fuming because we're going to Getafe v Real Madrid and Cristiano Ronaldo is banned oh dear <laughs> <laughs> just, just don't bother 
Uh, what do you make your money? No, you. Well, why would you want to go see Cristiano Ronaldo when you can see Xavi Alonso? I've never understood that. <laughs> it's just one of those things, isn't it? Like, I mean, we we, we just just one of those things. I wanted to see him. I wanted to. Yeah. But no, and then yeah. So that's my sporting adventures for the next few weeks. Okay, so we'll get looked forward to read more about that on your um, on your Twitter feed, will we? <laughs> yes, definitely. Excellent. Right. Well, if that's it, um, don't forget you can uh, download from iTunes. You can download from the at Man on the Post Twitter feed. Um, the, normally up on Friday morning, which you know because you're already listening to this. Um, they have the usual show on Sunday night with Ross and uh, Adam and, and Greg and everybody else. So keep your eye out for that one. That normally comes out on Monday morning. Uh, don't forget if you review us on iTunes, you give us a five-star rating. Colin will happily send you a Man on the Post fridge magnet. Until then, uh, thanks for taking Thank you from Mark. Thanks, guys. And thank you from Jet Set and Emma. <laughs> thank you. And always remember to keep your man in the post. All right, you're James Bond, aren't you? You're not. You're not an eye surgeon. I'm James Bond. Mm. Well, I've you know I, I get stopped a lot in airports and <coughs> things like that, asking me you know what I'm what I'm doing here, who've I been seeing in Israel, or what what was I doing in Iran, and all that kind of thing. <laughs>